Welcome back to our 10 minutes of meaning, our weekly study of Mesila Sisharim, the great work of Rav Moshe Chaim Lutzata, the Ramchal, who reminds us how to live our best selves or how to pursue living our best selves. I want to thank our generous anonymous sponsor who sponsored our series this year in memory of Mishulam ben David, of Shane Dabaz David, and in memory of Avner ben Avram Cohen. Thank you for your generosity and for your leadership. If you'd like to sponsor a future shear, please go on brsonline.org slash sponsor, brsonline.org slash sponsor. We are making our way through the Perak of Chasidus, chapter 19, the Ramchal. Ramosha Chaim Lutato is describing to us what it means to be a chassid. We've built upon the earlier steps, Zahiris, mindfulness, vigilance, cautiousness, consciousness. We're not simply creatures of habit. We're not allowing the momentum to simply take us, but we are focused, we're mindful, we're present in every decision, in every speech, in all that we do. Zurizas, alacrity, we are pursuing our goals, we're making resolutions, we're acting with enthusiasm, energy, and alacrity. We then moved over to the character trait of of Nikias, how to identify the negative qualities and purge them, not to battle them, but to move them to the area of conquered territory in our life. We then moved over to the category of precious, how to live a life of discipline, of self-control, to not give in to our temptation, our taiva, and our desire. We then moved over to tahara, how to live a life of purity, not only to do the right things, but to do them for the right reasons. And that brings us to Chasidus. Chasidus, as we've said so many times, Chasidus is not about a furry hat or a long payas. It's not about a long black coat. Chasidus is about our attitude. Chasidus is about our personality. It's about our drive. Chasidus is for relationships to be meaningful. The evidence or the reflection of the quality of the relationship, how much we value, how, much, how meaningful it is, is how far we go. Do we only respond? Do we only do the bare minimum of what's asked of us? Or do we go above and beyond? Do we anticipate? Do we predict? Do we exceed the expectations of us? Chassidus, that's true. To be a chassid, to be pious, is true in the area of friendship, interpersonally. Are we friends who only respond begrudgingly, hesitantly, bare minimum? Or do we go above and beyond? Do we anticipate? Do we go the extra mile? Do we a little bit more? Do we exceed the expectations? And it's true in our attitude, in our relationship with the Almighty, with the Ribbon Shalom. Do we do the bare minimum of mitzvos? Oh, or do we show in our attitude, in our relationship, that we're willing to go above and beyond? So the Ramchal in chapter 19 has been bringing evidence from countless comments, countless insights of our great rabbis, our sages throughout the Talmud, examples where they made a commitment to go above and beyond. For example, They asked the students of Rebbe Lazar ben Shemua, Why did you merit, why did you achieve longevity? Why? Why did you live a long life? So Amar Laham, he said, Because I never made a shortcut of the, base, of the shul, of the base Knesses. I never walked above the heads of holy people, the students. When students were sitting in the base Medrash, I never walked by. I wasn't arrogant. I didn't walk by forcing them to stand up to show me honor. I didn't walk by and make a shortcut of the area that they were taking so sacred to sit and to study. Even though, for example, in our shul, my office, I can cut through that main shul in order to get to the shul office, to the restrooms, other areas. If I cut through the actual sanctuary where we daven, it would be a shortcut. Rav Ben Shemua says, you know why I merited a long life? I never made a shortcut. I didn't take shortcut. 
My dear friends, in life, we have the option. We're challenged. Do we take shortcuts or do we go the extra mile? Do we mail it in? Do we do the bare minimum? Or do we go above and beyond and exceed expectations? These exemplify the virtue of piety regarding both interpersonal relationships and a relationship with God. To not make a shortcut out of the shul is to go above and beyond. Why? Why should it be wrong? If you could get from point A to point B in the straightest path is a straight line, the shortest path is a straight line, why not cut through the shul? Why not take the shortest path? The answer is, it's disrespectful. The area designated for meditation, contemplation, conversation, rendezvous with Hashem, to make it a shortcut, to profane it by making it a shortcut, is disrespectful to Hashem. It's not going the extra mile. It's not recognizing and honoring the relationship we have. And similarly, to cut through the base medrash, an area where people are sitting and studying, taking their studies seriously, and a person were to cut through and walk by, forcing them to rise and to show honor and to interrupt, making a shortcut again, profaning what is a holy and sacred space, is disrespectful interpersonally. Neither of these are particularly egregious. Neither of these technically perhaps are even forbidden. And yet... Rabbi Lazar ben Shemua says, you know why I achieved longevity? You know why I merited a long life going above and beyond. In life, we can take shortcuts, or in life, we can take the long road, which in fact is often much shorter. Odsham, similarly there in the Talmud, they asked Rabbi Preda, they asked Rabbi Preda the same question. Similarly, the students of Rabbi Preda asked him, why did you achieve such a long life? Why did you make it to such a ripe old age? And he said, no one ever arrived before me in the base medrash, and I've never led the blessing after a meal when a Kohen was present, and I've never eaten of an animal whose priestly gifts or offerings had not yet been taken again, above and beyond. No shortcuts, no mailing it in, doing it right, taking the time, showing and reflecting the commitment, the dedication, the devotion to do it right. And again, interpersonal relationship between man and man and between man and God. He says, nobody ever got there before me in the base marriage. I was the earliest. I got there first. I was so dedicated. I was so devoted. I also never took the honor of leading benching when there was a Kohen, a priest present who deserved that honor. I didn't usurp. I didn't grab the honor. I didn't even take it if it was offered to me. And I never ate from an animal whose special gifts, whose ties, the priestly gifts had not yet been taken. The priests deserve and rely on those gifts from that animal. I never benefited, I never enjoyed, I never indulged until they got what they deserved. These are examples of piety. You can make excuses and rationalize and explain and take a shortcut, or you can go above and beyond. You could do what's right, you could do what's straight, you could do what is correct. It shows honor and respect and dignity interpersonally and between man and God. Are we the type of person who takes the shortcut? Do we do the bare minimum or do we get it right? Oh, Amru Od. Furthermore, they said, Same question. All these sages lived ripe old age, lived long lives, and they were each asked. It's not a coincidence. It's not random. There is a reason. What is the reason? My wife's grandfather, Zechron Lavracha, of Yisrael Nassim Bruchstein, who was a great, great man, a Holocaust survivor. He lived to 99 years old, and I asked him, Why did you merit to live a long life? He told me an amazing story when he was in the barracks in Auschwitz, and he was ready to give up his life. He couldn't take it. He couldn't bear it any longer. He'd lost his family. He'd lost his first wife. He lost a child. He lost everything and everyone, and he was ready to give in and give up. And the Chustorov told him to hold on. Chustorov stayed up with him that whole night crying, and he said, If you make it through this night, and if you pledge and promise 
to, uh, to survive, to do all you can, not to throw yourself on that barbed wire, not to give up or give in, then I promise you a long life, you will merit children and grandchildren and Hitler will be a memory. And he looked back on his life and he credited his longevity with that bracha he got from the Chusta Rav who stayed up with him all night in order to ensure that he would have the tenacity, the resolve, that he would have the endurance, that he would commit to try to survive. So they asked Rabbi Nechunya, why did you merit longevity? Amalami says, He said, the reason is, because never have I ever let myself be honored through another person's shame. Never has the curse of another person arisen on my bed. explains, what does that mean? What does it mean that never have I been honored through another person's shame, nor have I ever been associated with the curse of another person? So the Gemara there explains, Gemara expounding on this says, the incident of Rav Huna was carrying a shovel on his shoulder when Rav Chana Bar came to relieve him of it. Rav Huna said, if you normally carry this where you live, you may carry it. If not, I'm not willing to be honored if it would in turn lead to your denigration. Don't do something if it's going to take you out of the way. Don't do something if it's going to denigrate you. We see that although the meaning of the term through another shame indicates a person who intentionally embarrasses another in order to increase his own honor, the pious by contrast are sometimes averse to receiving honor even if the other person willfully offers it as when this will lead to embarrassment of the other person. So sometimes people don't mind stepping on people, climbing on people on their way up. As long as they get honor, as long as they get attention, as long as they get the spotlight, they're willing to step on people around them. But our great rabbis, our great sages, our great men and women, it's not just that they protected the dignity of the other. They would never allow them to be shamed. They'd never grow or receive honor through the shame of another. Even if it's not technically shame, they would never take advantage of another. They would ne- never let another go out of the way in a way which could denigrate, which could be beneath their dignity, in a way which others might perceive they're not being honored. They're not being shamed outright. They're not being embarrassed. They're not being insulted. But actions or behavior that could be perceived as not being honor, uh, not honoring that person, they were so, so careful. And so you see again the definition of a chassid. And this is a challenge to each and every one of us. Do we want, what's our brand? What's our brand? There's a great book called The Cultural Solution. And it talks about that just like every company has a brand, so too all people have a brand. What's your brand? Is your brand cutting corners? Is your brand taking the shortcut? shortcut? Is your brand being a fair weather friend and doing the bare minimum in life? Or is your brand the extra mile? Is your brand blowing away? Is your brand wow, moments of wow, anticipating, predicting, being ahead of the game? We each can choose how we live our lives and how we live our lives becomes our brand. It's the way others perceive us. Chasidus, this midah, this quality, a commitment to piety, to chasidus, is creating a brand of the wow factor. Not the wow factor to get attention, but the wow factor of going above and beyond both between us and man, and between us and God. Again, to sponsor, brsonline.org slash sponsor, brsonline.org slash sponsor. I hope you will consider subscribing to our YouTube page. You'll be notified in real time every time we go live. Join us at 8.45 for Living with Amuna at 9 o'clock tonight, a very special Behind the Bima, with the great Hall of Famer, five-time World Series champion, Mariano Rivera, the greatest closer of all time, the closer of the New York Yankees. Uh, someone who loves Israel, loves the Jewish people, and loves God. Join us tonight for Behind the Beam. Until next time, stay happy, stay healthy, and stay holy.